You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone. This is AJ Black. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host. I am also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com, part of the Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation Network. Check out my work at bcbulletin.com. Today is a one-subject episode. We are just going to be talking about the schedule. There really wasn't much in terms of BC news other than the football schedule. The only other little piece of news, and I just kind of wanted to clarify on something, was that Tyler Martin, who is a local linebacker at uh, BBN, he's a four-star linebacker that had committed to Michigan, has decommitted. And I just want to reiterate that from the sources I have, he's not going to end up at Boston College. Boston College, he's not the type of player they want, so... uh, don't look for him to flip to BC. So I know a lot of people are going to see that and go, oh, it's a four-star from Massachusetts. There's certain kids in this catch area that just don't fit what Boston College wants to do on the football field. And unfortunately for Tyler Martin, I think that's him. So he, he'll probably end up someplace else. You know, Don Brown was no longer the coach for, on defense for the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, maybe he just didn't fit well with the new scheme that they're going to have in Ann Arbor. So just... A quick little FYI with that. Now, let's talk about the schedule that came out today. So Boston College and the rest of the ACC found out their schedule around 9 a.m. today as the league, I mean the conference, announced the, the schedule on the Packer and Dunham show on the ACC network. And they did a nice slow roll. And uh, Boston College was one of the first ones to go, so they we found out pretty quickly what happened. Now, there's some big things, so let's just go quickly over the schedule. In a moment, we're going to have Dan Rubin of bceagles.com on to argue with me about the schedule and expectations for the Eagles. However, I'm just going to kind of give you the nuts and bolts now. That way, we can kind of just talk about it, and then later, we'll debate more about some of the fine points about this schedule. So, the season starts September 4th against Colgate. Yes, Colgate has a football team. They're an FCS school. I think they're part of the Patriot League. Uh, This will probably be the first time Boston College plays them in years. I'm sure they played them back in the Stone Age, but Colgate's on the schedule. Now, the first change in the schedule that many people were thinking about is the UMass game on September 11th. That game was originally scheduled to be at Gillette Stadium. It is no longer at Gillette Stadium. It is going to be at McGuirk Stadium at UMass. Boston College is heading to UMass for the first time since 1982. That's a pretty big deal. Um, It's exciting. Um, I'll talk more with Dan about that because he's a foodie and there's great wings out in Amherst and we're going to start talking a little bit about that as well. Uh, So UMass, that game is a bit of a change because I think a lot of people were expecting that to be a home game. You know, when you go to Gillette, it feels like a home game, Uh, but it's going to be at at Amherst. So uh, people are going to have to make a little bit of a trip if they want to go to that game. Next on the 18th of September is Temple, followed by BC's first SEC opponent on the regular season since 1987. Excuse me, it's the first SEC school to travel to Boston College since 1987 when the Eagles 
defeated Tennessee at home. So they're going to play Mizzou at home. They also have coming up after Mizzou uh, is the big Clemson game. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about this with Dan Rubin. This is the third straight game in Death Valley between these two schools. Arguably one of the biggest challenges of the schedule. And unfortunately, it's also one of those... um, you know, tough spots for Boston College to be in. So ten on uh, that's October second. Right after Clemson is their open date, which is great. Obviously, you want to have a day off after against Clemson. Then it's at home against NC State on the sixteenth of October, at Louisville, at Syracuse, both uh, to end October. So the twenty third for Louisville, the thirtieth for Syracuse. Three games on the road in October. That's. Uh, a, a bit of a of a tough slate right there. That, but again, two of them are against Louisville and Syracuse teams. BC beat and are sh- should BC should fi- be favored against both of those schools. Then we hit November. Four games. Three of them are at home. I don't remember the last time Boston College has had three home games in November, and they're all uh, well. You got Virginia Tech. They're I wouldn't say Southern, but you know. Virginia Tech uh, on a Friday night on the 5th of November. Then you have at Georgia Tech. Then on the 20th is Florida State. And then to end the season, the 27th, Wake Forest. So you look at the schedule. There's not any surprises here other than Colgate and switching UMass to a true road game. But what sticks out to me, and I'll talk about it more with Dan Rubin in a moment, is Boston College should be in all of these games. Obviously, Clemson's going to be the toughest game on their schedule, and NC State and Missouri are probably 2A and 2B in terms of difficulty, but you got to like how the schedule is shaken up for BC. Four games at, in November, three of them at home, that's a big advantage. you got Florida State and Wake Forest having to travel up to Massachusetts at the end of November, that could really play in BC's favor as both of those schools, you never know in Massachusetts, you could have snow, it could be below you know, 30, 20, 20 or 30 degrees. That could be really tough. Last time we saw Florida State come up here on the cold, they wilted. So that could happen again. And, and you know, they're not a team that's been all that great of late. So we could see a big change there. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk to Dan Rubin of bceagles.com about the schedule. And we'll catch up with him. You know, he's been on the show a couple times now. He's one of my former um, podcast hosts. We used to host a show together. Uh, so it's always an interesting conversation. He has a different perspective than me on a lot of things. Uh, so you're going to want to check that out. But before we do, I want to talk to you about betonline.ag. Football season is wrapping up and the big game is hitting soon. If you want to gamble and make money, there's only one place to go, and that is betonline.ag. With college football, a college basketball, NBA, NHL, MMA, you name it, they have it at betonline.ag. And right now, they have a special bonus that you're going to want to check out. If you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On, they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus. Now, how many books want to just give away money? They don't usually do that. That's how much these this company likes the people at Locked On. So check them out. BetOnline.ag 
is the place to go and the one place we trust here on the Locked On Network. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. With me, I have Dan Rubin of bceagles.com. Dan and I used to have a podcast together a long, long ago, and he's joined us a couple times uh, during the football season, but he's going to talk to us today about scheduling. Dan, how you doing? You know, schedule day in January is like Christmas, Easter, Hanukkah, all of my, every holiday that I celebrate in my household all wrapped up into one. It's, a, it's an awesome, awesome time to be alive. And I, I don't know how you, I was mentioning this on the podcast yesterday. I don't know how you were feeling yesterday when we got that email from Jason Baum about a press conference next week, I got kind of giddy about it. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like, I'll be honest. I've been staring at the four walls for the last like three weeks. And it was like, when I, when I, when I got that, I was like, it, it was just hook, it hooked me up to the juvenation machine. It was yeah. like, it was like an energy drink for my soul. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, I, we haven't talked to Jeff Halfley in a while and there's been so much, I mean, I've, I've talked a lot on the podcast about a lot of the things that have happened. We haven't had a chance to talk to him about any of it. And I'm dying to know, you know, there's so much going on between all, you know, I want to get his perspective on these kids coming back and how he's going to manage all of these seniors returning versus the transfers that are coming in. And, you know, there's so much to go. This, how is he handling the, the, the pandemic still? What's going on with that? There's, there's a million questions. We, we're not going to be able to let him go. Well, and we haven't talked to him in like it, it was. It felt like I was talking to him like three, four times a week through for basically since late June, early July. That like then it came to the end of the season, and we had national the first national signing day, and it was like oh the early signing period, and it was like wow, this was you know it was great. It was it was you know we were we were, we were talking to him, we were seeing him. Now we haven't seen him. It feels like you know from from a reporter standpoint, it, it's like we just we just dropped, and then that was it. He went off on his way. We went on our way. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. So, uh, listeners, if you want to, uh, next week, we'll, I'll be definitely talking more about what Halfley had to say. I'll be covering all his, uh, his press conference. I can't wait for that. So, Dan, looking at the schedule, my first thought, and I, and I know I want to I talk to you about one specific game. I want to look at that UMass game. This is the first time, and I think it's since 1982, Boston College is heading to Amherst. They're going to play at McGuirk Stadium. What are your thoughts about heading over to Amherst? Um, I love it. You know, all right. So there, there was a lot to unpack on that. And, and I think it's fair to, to unpack it kind of bit by bit as to why, why I love it. So I readily admit Boston College in terms of, of regional rivals. And when you look at, at some of the teams around here, um, it, you know, it is not – there aren't really any regional rivalries until you get out to Syracuse. And, and even then, Syracuse doesn't hold the weight – I think Syracuse is a good rival, but I know Syracuse doesn't hold the weight that Holy Cross did back in the day, doesn't hold the weight that Notre Dame does every time Notre Dame's on the schedule. I think UMass is, is kind of the, the closest thing that, that BC is going to get to a regional rival because they don't play Connecticut uh, often, if at all. Um, and, and UMass kind of just makes sense to play them home and home or, or home and away. I also like that it's out there, which they haven't played, which before the 1A, 1AA split or before all of that happened, uh, 82 was the last time they played before the, the 2000s. And, and it was kind of it was kind of a, a, a bummer to see the, the drift away from the regional teams. But in the interim, since UMass has jumped up, you played them at Gillette as a quote unquote road game that did not feel 
like a road game. It yeah. never felt like a road game. It never felt like anything resembling a road game. And it's, it wasn't, it was a neutral site game. Even UMass, uh, I mean, the UMass, uh, the, uh, the bunting and they had the jumbo board, the video board rather, but they never once had that game feel yet. The Patriots logos on the field, they did not have really UMass um, banners or, or whatnot on the field. It did not feel like a road game coupled with the fact that BC sent so many fans to those games that it was like, it was, it was a, it was a neutral site game. There is no way this is going to be a neutral site game. This is going to be, I mean, McGurk stadium alumni stadium out there um, is not big. I think it only seats 17,000. It is expandable up to, I think like 21 or 22. So it's not big, but it's going to be, if depending on 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 the requirements and, and what's allowed for fans, the field's going to say UMass. Everything there is going to say UMass. You you are playing a road game at UMass. This is probably the biggest football game for the University of Massachusetts that they can get at that stadium in terms of their regional um, vibe. And I think it's great that BC is going there to, to play that game. Now, that said, it, we want to call it a regional rival. UMass has only won five games against BC lifetime, and three of them came before, uh, I think, Fenway Park opened. So <laughs> got to throw that in there, that we want to, you want to develop a rivalry, but at the same time, you don't want them to get that sixth win. And, and, and I think it's just a great thing. I, 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 I hope that that game is, is explosive, and I hope that the pandemic has subsided in such a way that they can get some fans in there and, and really live it up. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be, that's going to be tough. You know, obviously BC fans are going to get a, a small portion of tickets because that's just the way the NCAA works, but it's going to be, you know, UMass fans gun for the, for BC every year. You hear it, you know, as a writer, I get, I get it all the time. Like, you know, UMass fans like, we're going to beat you this year and it never even comes close, but I love I, the one I have to say, I, I'm a foodie. I love food. I've been to Amherst a handful of times. My favorite place to get wings on in Massachusetts is the hangar. I love that place. I've gone there a couple times to get, uh, to watch football games. Um, I'm, I'm getting up there in age though, Dan, where I, they have some wings that were like top tier in terms of, heat. I used to love that stuff. Now I, I, it's like killer on me. I can't do it anymore. Is there any places out that, out that area that you've been to that you like? Antonio's Antonio's pizza. That's the, <laughs> that's the jam, man. I know that that's like the, I, I don't know. I don't even know what, 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 uh, of, of any other places, but Antonio's pizza. I remember there was a game at Gillette a few years ago that UMass hosted and it was a quote unquote taste of Amherst in the, in the tailgate out in the parking lot. And I used to live down that way and go to the, the CBS scene or CBS sports experience or whatever it's called. Uh, I used to go there and, and watch college football on Saturdays and whatnot. And, and I just remember when it was, ta that would have, as a BC fan, you hate to say like, Oh yeah, I would have, I would have turned down a game to go, to go see a UMass game or go see anybody for that matter. But I would have gone specifically for Antonio's pizza. I would, that is worth the price of admission. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's, uh, it's not the best slice I've ever had. Um, that, that's still reserved for, for Pepe's. Mm -hmm. um, it, it doesn't come close to a couple of places that I had in the Boston area. Um, but in terms of good, I mean, it's like if you're comparing an A plus to an A minus, you're, you're not going wrong. Absolutely. Um, so, that, you know, we're not going to be talking about food this whole time. I, I, when I approached That's Dan to, to come on to this podcast, <laughs> I, I, I told, we were talking about 
our, our different predictions are how we're thinking the season could go. And, and now we're talking about pizza and wings. So that just tells you how plans can go awry. Uh, now, Dan, looking at the schedule, what are some of I, – I talked about in the first segment that having three games in November stood out to me because I can't remember the last time that ever happened. Uh, especially that there's – you know, it's not like Syracuse is coming up here. It's – you have Wake Forest, you have Florida State coming up. You have Southern schools coming to play in Alumni Stadium late in the season. You can talk more about that or anything else in that schedule that kind of stood out to you. So I think the, the Florida State game, they played 2019, uh, two years ago, three years, uh, two years ago now. Um, they played Florida State in early November um, at, a, at in Chestnut Hill. So Florida State came up. That was a that was the high-scoring game. Yep. Uh, BC lost that game 38-31. Um, but early November, I mean, it's raw. It's sometimes cold. You, you sometimes get the – get the weird new England weather where you get a warm patch. I'm still golfing in early November, even though it's not really totally dark out. Uh, you're still getting those waning days, but late November, November 20th, when you're playing Florida state and wake forest around Thanksgiving, it's going to be cold. And I hope it snows. Like I, I hope it snows for that game. I think that the, the schedule in the way it lines up, you have the perfect road trips. I think anytime you can play at Temple, I think that's a great road trip just because I think that's a good team, a good football atmosphere. Um, Philadelphia is not that far of a road trip in Temple. There's a lot of history there. Um, I like the road trips to, to Syracuse and, and anytime you can play at Clemson, I think that's a, that's an amazing place to play. If that's, if you're going to play Clemson, yes, you like having them at home, but there's something magical about going in there to play. Uh, it, it's reminiscent of the 80s and 90s when you'd go to Notre Dame or Florida State back then. So going to Clemson uh, uh, in October, I think, is is going to be a lot of fun for these guys. Um, and again, all of this is dependent on on fans and atmosphere and everything that's allowed. Um, anytime you go to the Carrier Dome, I know this is what the third straight year you're going out there. Um, yeah. It's the dome and weird things happen out there. So I like the schedule. I like who you're playing home and away. Um Louisville is Louisville. I mean, that's, that's just the, that's one of those, that's just a game in there. That's a divisional game. It's always important. Um, but I think the fact that you only have really two back-to-back games in that stretch, look, the, the UMass, I don't consider that a true road game because you're only, I mean, BC might not, if I'm the coaching staff, I'm considering even sleeping at home that night. Like it's only an hour and 40 ride, hour and 40 minute ride out there. I, I don't even know if they, I mean, I, I can't speak to what they would do with their travel arrangement, but there's no real need to, to do that. You're not, you're not flying anywhere. Um, so I think outside of that stretch in October, it's, it's a schedule that lines up really nicely for BC, the way that it opens up eases in, you have a pretty good Mizzou team in there too, uh, from, from the anytime you can host an SEC team, and and yes, they they are an SEC team. Uh, even though even though we still kind of look at them and say they're not a quote unquote uh, SEC team the same way. Um, I just really like the schedule, how it breaks down, and where the opponents are coming in from. In a moment, we are going to continue our conversation with Dan Rubin. But for now, let's talk about Built Bar. If you've listened to my podcast, if you've listened to Locked On Boston College, you have heard me talk about how delicious the Built Bar is. There are 18 amazing flavors. You can have caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, chocolate almond. There are so many different flavors. Each one is as good as it sounds. They are 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. 
Built Bar is great. I had one for lunch. It holds me over. It's got the protein that gives me the energy that sustains myself. Let me just tell you this. Built Bar has a special deal right now. If you go over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. All you have to do is head over to BuiltBar.com, use LOCKEDON for 20% off, a deal you're not going to beat. Now I want to tell you about two shows on the Locked On Network. First of all, Locked On Today. We're covering everything you need to know about the Boston College Eagles, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has got you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And the second podcast I want to tell you about is Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want a few more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Now, continuing our conversation with Dan Rubin. And, you know, one of the big things that stood out to me looking at the schedule in terms of advantages, and it was a, it was a small thing, but if you talk about it and what, what it means, it's a big thing for BC. Where the open – one of the open weeks stood is right after the Clemson game. And, you know, there are stats, and I don't, and I don't know how it ended up this year, but there, there is uh, – you know, a lot of writers were talking about them, there being like a, a lull for teams. Like teams, you know, battle so hard against Clemson to stay in games or to even, you know, make it a challenge that the week after they kind of fall off a cliff. Um, and so BC doesn't have to do that. BC gets a, a bye week, a week to kind of rest up and then get back out there. So I think that's a huge advantage for the Eagles. Well, especially after last, after this past year when they did have that lull. I mean, that game at Syracuse was not a, a shining moment for, for the 2020 football team. I mean, Syracuse, for what it's worth, was not a, a particularly strong football team this past year. And you only beat them by three. You clearly had – something missing from that same week before when you went toe-to-toe with Clemson uh, on Halloween, and then you had to go out to Syracuse. It was the back end of the only time you traveled on back-to-back weeks. It was the only time back-to-back games or, or consecutive games that were traveled, no bye week, whatever. Um, and, and then you had to produce the same magic the week after Syracuse against Notre Dame. That was really difficult, and I think having the bye week – you know, going down to Clemson does take a lot out of you, and I think that having the bye week after that gives you a couple of extra days to recharge and, and can't be understated, uh, especially when I, I think the ACC is such a crapshoot year to year as it is that I don't necessarily think uh, that having that bye week before you're going to play NC State too, a, a team that you didn't play this past year. Don't forget this division's pretty hard and, and, the, and the parity in there is always pretty brutal. So it, it comes at the right time especially with the home game coming after that. So we're talking positive here, Dan, anything on the schedule that concerns you? I, when I look at it, the, the, the part that worries me is the Mizzou Clemson back to back. Cause as you mentioned, you know, I don't think Mizzou gets the credit that they deserve. I think they're a good team. And I, I like Eli Drinkowitz. I think he's a good coach and you know, this is year two. He's going to have a little bit more underneath him. I think that's a tough stretch for BC right there. The other piece I looked at and I thought as well is that they're bouncing all over the place in October. They have three away away games out of four games in October. 
anything that you that stood out to you? You're like, ooh, that's gonna be tough for the Eagles. I don't like going to to Georgia Tech at that point. I, I I don't like playing Georgia Tech in general. There's something about Jeff Collins. There's something about that program that I just as they've as they've transitioned out of being triple option that I don't. I don't, I don't, I, I fear Georgia Tech as being kind of a sleeping team because they, their recruiting is usually pretty good in terms of rankings. Their team is, is pretty good and they're starting to, to flow a little bit better as a, as a program. And, and, and I think that's a good team. I think that's a well-coached team. Now, now here's the thing I'm going to, I'm going to throw out there is that it's also in November and you know, this has always been my approach. It's really hard to extrapolate a schedule. I mean, we're looking at this based off of what we know about teams from 2019, 2020, that when you're looking at 2021 and you're trying to say, okay, I think it's really advantageous to have two games at the end of the season, Florida state for all we know could come out next year. And instead of being the underperforming Florida state team, be back to 10 wins. Uh, You could be going out to Syracuse and after playing Louisville and, and I think that you'd be hard pressed to look at Louisville and not think that they could win eight, nine games. You could be going and playing Missouri. Missouri went, uh, won five games last year, went five and five, finished third in the SEC East. And, you know, you go think back a couple of years, Kansas came in and played really well at BC. And, and at that point, they, you know, Kansas was going to win, what, three or four games that year. Uh, so I think there are, there are always causes for concern, no matter what, out of every opponent. Um, you could you could step on a you could step in a, a pothole playing at Temple. They're good, and and then by the time you reach Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, if you're a two three win team, which is conceivable for everybody, it, not just BC, it's conceivable for everybody. You could be seven and three. You could be three and seven because of the parity in this league. Those games in November then become significantly more difficult or significantly easier based on how teams are going. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I catch myself doing that every year. Like you go in and you start and I'm sure I'm going to write a post on it in the next two days where I I look at the win probability of each game. And then I should go back and look at how wrong I was because there's so many games that you look at and you're going, oh, I mean, look at the past season, right? Like Louisville, everyone projected to be a top 25 team. If I, before the season, put on a scale of like one to 10, like the hardest games that were on their schedule, Louisville probably would have been like one or two. And they ended up being a pretty underperforming team in the, in the, in the ACC. So anything, as you said, Dan, anything can happen. And I think that's important to to realize. And, you know, it's just like Jeff, Jeff Halfley preaches it constantly. You know, it's one game at a time, take it a game at a time. And so it's hard to, you know, he takes it that way. And, you know, good coaches do. Bill Belichick does the same thing, you know? Um, And I think that's what we're going to have to do when we get to that. Hopefully when we get to fans being at the game, I I keep crossing my fingers with that, man. Uh, I think that's, you know, it's been almost two years since fans have been at a game. I honestly, you you said it to me on, on, uh, on chat earlier today, you don't care who they're playing as long as, as people can can watch these games. Yeah, you know, I I I readily admit, and and when we were touching base about the schedule at the beginning, and I've had several friends come to me and say like, "Hey, this team could easily win nine games," and I said, "You know what?" Or, or Colgate does does nothing for me was I think a a, a quote that was given to me. I was like, "Look, Colgate's the first game of the year. It's on September fourth. It's at home. If you can get fans into that game." You could you could be playing UMass Dartmouth and I'd be excited and and I say that actually I'd probably be excited because that's where I went, um, but they could be playing anybody and I know the Patriot League team that's not Holy Cross is not is not registering the excitometer but 
first game of the year and and I'm so hopeful that that this can that this can turn in such a way that hopefully there are fans at games. I know BC in their release said that season tickets are going to go on sale in February. Um, you know, they're moving forward. You don't know what's going to happen if there can be fans, if there can't be fans. We don't even know what's going to happen during baseball season. I know that right now, no fans at Bruins games, no fans at Celtics games. There were none at the, at the Patriots. There were none at BC. Um, good Lord willing with some good fortune and good luck, September 4th rolls around and, the thought of having 30, 35,000, 40,000 people in a stadium cheering on a football team that by all accounts last year really rocked everybody's world would be just, it would, it's, it, it's, it feels like an impossibility, but that's why I hope to God that we can do it. Cause that would be so awesome. That yeah. would just be so awesome. You could, you can sense it online that the, the fans yeah. chomping at the bit to get back there and to support this team. And I, I feel like, you know, I've talked about it too. You know, you get the fans be, being able to, and, and just like the whole program itself, like Jeff Halfley has done such a great job already and he's recruited without even being able to meet people. And if they can get that, that piece going, I think like when he gets kids on campus and recruits on campus, that's going to change things. And when he gets fans in the stadium, that's going to change things. So I think like what we saw last year was great, but I feel like, his energy and what he brings to this team could go to a whole new level when people are back in this, in the stadium and, and people can interact again. And I don't know if that'll happen soon, but we can all cross our fingers. Oh, it would be, it's, it's, it's like the thing that, that you go to bed at night and you wake up the next day and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm grateful that I, that I was able to watch this team and I'm grateful that I'm able to watch sports and, and keep myself. I always say they're, they're playing so I can stay home and make no needless trips out or, or do anything that I don't need to do. But uh, at the same time, I can, I can dream of when everyone can look at me and say, yeah, you know, tickets are on sale and, and there are going to be people in the stands and I can, I can say, yep, I'm, I'm going to go tailgate, tailgate for the game and, and spend a good four or six hours outside in the sunshine, watching helmets, hat on hat contact, just, it feels like I'm like a world away and I can't wait to do it. And I hope that we can do it. I, I hope for everyone's sake, if it's safe enough, let's, let's rock and roll this year with this team. Absolutely. Well, Dan Rubin, thank you for coming on. Dan, do you have any play, uh, play, things coming out or pieces you want to promote? Yeah, you know, we got it's, it's spring season coming up. I, uh, I I actually had a had a nice nice chat today with Amy uh, Vilhog from the uh, from the soft head coach of the softball team. Going to be getting some preseason action with them as they get ready to start their season next month, and that means baseball is going to be right behind them in my in my radar. I can't wait for basketball to get back too, just so we can. We can see what happens the, the the latter half of the hardwood, but I know that, uh, and I know hockey's going on. But I know for me, getting into spring, um, and and for me that means uh, that means baseballs and softball is a coming, and that means that I am going to disappear into my analytics and statistics and everywhere else that that makes me happy this right. time of year. Thanks so much, Dan. All right, so on Monday we are going to have Mitch Wolf. Uh, of the Brawl Network, who's actually down at the Senior Bowl, um, uh, promote, uh, not promoting, scouting Hunter Long. And he's going to give us a, a scouting report on what he did and what he saw about Hunter Long. And we'll, we'll hear from him. You can check me out. This is AJ Black. I am on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. You can follow our, our podcast Twitter at LockedOnBC. And I am the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Check that out. If you have not done so already, please subscribe to Locked On Boston College wherever you get your podcasts. 
We will see you all again on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe. Take care.